Lamont says, I believe spiking the football is technically intentional grounding. I've always thought that, too. But now, I think it's like the caveat. Now, if you're doing it to kill the clock, it's okay. Uh, how about the college rule of having one knee down, but the holder has his knee down? Like good a, point. Another, Very good point. I never another, thought about that one. That's absolutely right. Uh, spot on. Another caveat that they'll let go. I don't. Lo- it rarely happens. I don't love that on a kickoff, a player can intentionally stand out of bounds, reach into the field, and touch the ball, and it's the out of bounds penalty where the other team gets the ball at the forty yard line. So, you know, so when you kick the ball out of bounds on a yeah, kickoff, right? Yeah. It's a forty yard. You get the ball at the forty. We saw Steve Smith do this a couple years ago where he stood out of bounds and then he touched the ball as it was rolling. Yep. And technically the it's ball out was of out of bounds, even though the ball never went out of bounds. Yeah, it's where the player at it's where the player's at, where his feet are when the ball's touched. I don't I don't hate that because I, just, I don't like that. Well, how about when he catches the ball? How about like when he's a receiver and where he catches the ball? Like based on the way that you're saying that, Steve Smith could be standing out of bounds, catch the ball over the field of play, and that that would be a reception based on the way you just interpreted that Specifically rule. Specifically on the kickoff, though, is why I don't like it. See, I don't, I don't dislike the consistency of it. Like, if it, for it should be the same and every single snap of a football game, right? Like, you, you can't get, you're not going to change on special teams and then change the offense. So that's where I like the consistency that's of that. Fair. Some people were saying the tip in stuff, that, basketball. I, I was going to say the runner on second base. I hate the Manford band. Yeah, I absolutely despise it. I'd rather a game in and a tie. Yep. Well, I wouldn't. I don't want that either. But <laughs> I absolutely said, yep. despise the runner on second. Let's get let's get that saved. That he's finally agreed with the tie. Uh, someone's triple zero two with the unwritten rules in baseball count. If so, pimping your home run is awesome. Yet the next batter will get deemed for doing absolutely nothing. See, I I like both of these things actually. Like I like a guy pimping a home run. I like a guy getting dotted up. <laughs> like I, I like both. Maybe it's because I'm not baseball looking, hybrid. Plus, you like the drama. If a guy I gets do. dotted up, there might be I a do. little skirmish. I, I'm a, like, don't throw it at his head. That's where I draw the line. Keep it below his neck. Uh, I draw the line there. But I'm kind of a hybrid baseball guy. I like the old school stuff. I like the new cool the new school stuff. You want to pimp a homer? Cool. But you have to understand you might get dotted the next time, and that is also cool Cool if it's below the neck. I also don't like the fact that the uh, the overtime rule in the NFL, I think both teams should get it once no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Now That's their playoff rule now. Yeah. But I think that should be the regular season, too. I don't think, you know, just as easily as there could be a hell of a playoff game like Mahomes and Allen and the Bills and the Chiefs, there could be a game that has huge implications later in the season where you you could have a team that played really, really well and they never touched the football at all in overtime. I don't like that. Now, in the regular season rule, though, that it has to be a touchdown to be sudden death? Like, yeah, it, yes. If it's a touchdown, it's over, and I yeah. still believe the other team should have a chance to tie the game. Yeah, even if it's – yeah, I do too. Like, it's coming – it's kind of visiting team, home team thing. Uh, yeah, I, I – just football's tough to do a perfect overtime, but I agree. Like, one – they should both have the football at least once. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Bobby Slowick talked yesterday to the media. My my biggest negative that I had from the Texans game really wasn't a player. It wasn't the offensive line. Really wasn't that good. You know, I thought Stroud was good, especially for a rookie. Uh, not good enough yet to, like, win football games consistently. Will Anderson was great. Uh, you had some injuries there. D'Amico got a little bit of like game management criticism, like taking the early timeouts. I thought that was needed, though, because they were kind of late offensively several times. I thought Bowie, Bobby Slowick was the most disappointing person in week one. Uh, a lot of the schemes with the offensive line, 
like led to free rushers. I thought the play calling was not that great. He got a lot of criticism for not running the ball a lot, which I can understand that one because their front seven, Texans offensive line, huge advantage, Baltimore front seven. But he was calling like long developing pass routes whenever you have a defense that's abusing an offensive line. I thought that he was really, really bad. Uh, Bobby Slowick yesterday meeting with the media. Coordinators meet with the media in the NFL on Thursdays. Texans don't want to publish this for whatever reason. Uh, but our guy, Andrew Carlson, who's great at his job, he got this. Here was Bobby Slowick on uh, the offense's problems and how it starts with him. I know D'Amico mentioned it, CJ mentioned it, a lot of the offensive guys has, had mentioned it. We, we just had a lot of self-inflicted wounds, and that starts wounds. with me. You know, um, from the operation to getting in and out of the huddle to just being clear and on our assignments and just executing our stuff. And it was a hard environment. It was tough. You know, Baltimore's not an easy place to play, and they do some really, really tough stuff there's a lot going on there's a lot of chaos and we'll be better at that this next week so some blame there there's some baltimore really good stuff there so bobby slowick that's one bite from slowing do you have a reaction from that i mean mean, the big thing to me is is the same way if i'm going to make the argument that the deck was stacked against cj stroud to start with because of the patchwork offensive line uh which already set him back you know back and the fact that with the weapons you didn't have or the fact that you don't have, it also made it more difficult when trying to execute plays. I think that Bobby Slowick at least has to get some benefit of the doubt in the fact that he was dealing mm-hmm. with an offensive line that was very much limiting. Maybe there were plays he wanted to call. He just couldn't call because he knew the personnel he had on the field. We don't know. We don't know what Bobby Slowick's going to be as an offense coordinator. We don't know. He didn't have previous stops. So, like, he's an unknown. He's an unknown as a play caller. We know his story. Like, used to work with uh, the analytical sides. What was pro football focus? I think that's right. Used to work with them. They brought him into San Francisco as a defensive quality control guy, defensive analyst, eventually made the change, moved over to the offense, and then worked his way up to finally being hired by D'Amico as offense coordinator. So, we don't know what Bobby Slowick's going to be. Like, Pep Hamilton last year, people were excited about Pep Hamilton, quite frankly, because it wasn't Tim Kelly. But he had a history of being an offensive coordinator. Some good, some bad, mostly very mediocre. We have no idea what Bobby Slowick is. I think that there's a shot that Bobby Slowick could be in over his head. Like maybe there's a shot that he turns into the next Sean McVay. There's a lot of unknown, and you don't want to have week one overreactions. Right. But this is something that I'm going to be watching very, very closely. Well, I think is Bobby Slowick in over his head? We should like you can't tell after a game. You can't tell after two, especially if they don't have C.J. Stroud. But after ten games, we're going to have to we're going to have an answer. Yep. After fifteen games, we're going to have an answer. After the full season, we're going to have an answer. It's one thing that I'm paying attention to because I was really disappointed with Bobby Slowick. Well, and I think the other thing on the flip side of the equation is the fact that you burned all three timeouts before you even got close to a time where a lot of teams would start using them. That That's a problem. That's something that we saw with the last two regimes with coaching and decisions on, on, on timeouts as it relates to just overall on the football field. This was all specifically offensive-driven, and that gets to the point that he was making in the quote about getting in and out of the huddle, about making sure that you're on time and, and you're, you have enough ample time to call the plays or the play necessary when you're trying to have a big play, a fourth-down play or otherwise. I think there was a lot of, uh, of unorganized situations for this offense, and I think that that's something that you have to look to improve on. Whether it was called out or it's become a storyline or not, that has to improve from week to week before we even get to week five or ten and start evaluating the bigger picture. That, yeah, it's like baby steps on that front. Like You don't want to be taking baby steps early, but you kind of have to because that's like the first thing. You're not in line. You're not set up. Well, you're going to be in trouble. Here was the second one with Bobby Slowick kind of talking about this same thing. Like A lot of those operational issues should be a quick fix. I think like everything, you know, all that stuff takes reps. You know, nothing replaces a, a real, actual, applicable 
rep of that. Um, but it is something, I mean, there's been a noticeable difference in practice even for us this week, and that, that includes me. You know, how fast the call's getting in, how clear the call's getting in to help out everyone else, and then the whole operation from there speeds up. So I, I think it's one of those that I don't believe that's going to take very long. I think that's something we can definitely control, which is why we have to fix it. You know, we control what we can control. And then there's other stuff that, you know, maybe might take eight weeks to grow into, but that one I, I think we can we can fix pretty fast. Does it not behoove you to ask the question then? Are you not practicing situational football of whether you're doing it in the joint practices yeah. or just the fact you're doing the two-minute drill and otherwise that you're practicing getting in and out of the huddle at, an, at, at a, a quick rate of speed? They should be. Like, if they're not, it's a problem. I would, I'm would. i going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if they're not, that's a major that's problem. The first thing that came to my mind was like, wait, are you guys not doing that? See, I would. I, this, this goes all the way back to I wish they would have played them more in the preseason. Like... If you're not going to be a playoff team, why are you hesitant to use rookie play rookie quarterback in the preseason? Like you're talking about a team that's slow getting in and out of huddles. You're talking about operational issues. You're talking about how reps is going to be the answer to fix those operational issues. How about you kind of figure this all out in the preseason and instead of playing Stroud eight series, he plays fifteen series. Well, and you get it too, but you're not a veteran laden team when most teams that are sitting the majority of their roster are really good teams with veteran players that have been through the wars enough to know that they don't have to go through all of those reps. But when you've got a, a, just a complete turnaround in terms of the age of your team and the youth and the rookies and the, the lack of experience, you need to get as many reps as you possibly can, especially against opponents. That's why I, I was such mm-hmm. a big advocate of the joint practices. you got to utilize that because then you're not going to get hit for making these mistakes or it's not going to hurt when you make these mistakes like it does in week one of the regular season. He had another one, but we won't play it. It's, it's too long. But he talked about how he didn't stick with the run game long enough and that he should have given Damian Pierce more touches. Said that they got away with it in the second half, away from the running game. He said that they were fine in the first half, basically. We got away from it in the second half. They ran it 13 times in the first half, six times with Damian Pierce and threw it 20 times. Like, it was a bit of a contradiction. Yeah. And like It's like, okay, I'm noticing these things early on. I hope that this isn't an issue going forward. I really hope that Bobby Slowick isn't over his head. Wasn't a good week one. Maybe we see improvements in week two. 713-780-3776. Let's go out to the HRMP listener line. J-Dog is in the hive. What's up, J-Dog? What's going on, guys? I kind of gave you guys got a hard time uh, when I called. I wanted to be respectful on the segments, but I went to the game Sunday. I'm actually a Ravens fan. I made a TV appearance also. <laughs> but from what I saw, um, I was telling people before I left, I kind of expected that game to go like that, and we shouldn't discredit the Ravens, um, you know, for, for, for playing how they play and taking anything away from you guys because – in person, CJ looks a lot better than what I think people give him credit for. And when you're going up against a defense led by Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, like you kind of get what you get. But you guys, you know, the Texas did a, uh, a pretty good job. And call me biased, but I've been telling people I think this division is going to come down neck and neck between you and the Jaguars. But what the Texans cannot afford to have happen is CJ going head up with people like Roquan Smith. He, you know, they got to keep that on the floor. But that's all I got. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate Thanks, you, J-Dog. TV Appreciate star. J Dog and and uh, mobile scout for us. I mean, yeah, I like know, it. Little mobile reporting done by J Dog. J Dog, always welcome. I like it. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. When we return, we're gonna play Who Said It. Whenever we come back, but before we get to Who Said It, I'm giving away a pair of A and M tickets plus parking. Couple two of pairs. winners for this. So two pairs of a pair of tickets plus parking. Okay, so two people are gonna win two tickets. 
plus parking to the A&M game, 3 p.m. tomorrow against Louisiana Monroe. Now, the win- listen, the winners have to show up at Damaris Barbecue between 5 and 6 today. So between now and 6 p.m., you have to get to Damaris Barbecue. Do we know? Oh, okay, the one on West Loop North at 18th Street. So if you can get to the Damaris Barbecue on West Loop North at 18th Street between now and 6 p.m., go into the bar and find Todd. We're going to give away tickets. Who are we giving away these to? Are they callers or first any, people? First, first people, people to that call, Todd. not caller seven. Oh, Todd, just go to Todd. Todd has them. Oh, so no one's calling. No, so Todd has them. So you have to go to Damaris. Okay, go to the bar. Find Todd. So go to Damaris, West Loop North at 18th Street. Find Todd at the bar at Damaris, West Loop North at 18th Street. The first two people that do that are winning a pair of tickets and parking to tomorrow's game against uh, Louisiana Monroe. So make sure you head over, Damaris Barbecue, West Loop North at 18th Street. Find Todd in the bar, his favorite spot uh, before 6 p.m., and you're going to go to the A&M game in College Station tomorrow. All right, coming up next, everybody's favorite game, Who Said It? With the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. All right, who said it? Joe's going to give us uh, five quotes. We have to guess who said it. If we get three, we win. If we don't, we lose. We've been dominating Joe's of late. Dominating. So, Joe, any any tricks up to your sleeve? All right, so because of the complaining, I've decided to change the rules. And I think you guys will enjoy these. These are changes rules every week. No, so. Who's complaining? You guys, yeah, you, uh, complain, you complain quite a bit. Uh, questions one through four. I do. You do. Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry. Yeah, Quotes you do. one you through four. You went well, off on the producers. Do you guys want rules? <laughs> <laughs> you went off on the producers. Producers being involved. I never do anything. Number. Wrong. All right. One through four will only be from the full time host. Okay. Well, that's the way it always was. That's not a new Until rule. You change number the rule. five. <laughs> listen, number five. The full time producers. And the fill-in host will be eligible. So your oh, options, but number five, yeah, it's kind of only for number five. But number, and it's do the duo thing instead of the duo thing. Yeah, it's still not great. So but acting whatever. class is over for now. Is, right. so, is Patrick Creighton available? In number one? No. Uh, yes. He he's in no. the first four. He he's no, in the though. first four. Patrick's in the first four. He's not number five. And, and Jeremy, you're not in number five either. So the options for number five are going to be Mapes, Bmac, Dell, Carlson. Jermaine. Barry. Oh, man. I forgot Barry, oh, so he's not part okay. of it. All right. And Raheel. Raheel was this morning? Yes. Okay. So those are the options. All right, number one. Yeah, that's not great. That's just a that's when just is, a When does the new guy start so we can go back to standard rules? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even care about the new guy that much other than that he screws up who said it. Yeah, because that's just a crapshoot. The yeah. deck is stacked against that's us right. on the biggest We're going to do, we're gonna do five to, of the you first You guys sport. complain all the time and then you win. Let's just, number one. And the reality is... This is like we're starting now. Is that part of it? Yes. Okay. And the reality is, outside the third quarter, when the offensive line suddenly couldn't block you, me, and a fourth grader. Say it again. And the reality is, outside the third quarter is when the offensive line suddenly couldn't block you, me, and a fourth grader. So he's talking to somebody. Like I don't think he'd be talking. Like that's kind of like a Patrick Creighton line, but I don't think Creighton's talking to anybody there. You know what I mean? That's a good pull. That's a good point. Well, he's talking to BMAC because isn't isn't it BMAC show? <laughs> yeah, I see what you did there. Um, I mean, Josh Beard Beard's the guy that's going to actually self-proclaim him to be an offensive lineman, but it, it doesn't really defensive fit. Defensive lineman. This. Yeah, this one's tough. No, he's he's talked multiple times in the last week about being an offensive lineman. No, I understand that. Be. But but the guy that's talking in this quote here is saying you couldn't block me, you, me, or a fourth grader. So he's talking about being on the defensive side. Okay. 
See what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't know if the fourth the fourth grader line's throwing me for a loop because it's not like it's kind of a cheesy line. So like Granado's I think not it, using no, that. No, I think Granado could use it. You, me, or a fourth grader? Yeah. Because really? I think he was really fired up about how disappointed he was in the way the Texans played. I don't. I don't have a good guess here. This is very, I, very this, vague. It, yeah, I think Joe did this purposely, but it's it's definitely a. I don't think Paul is going to say you, me, or a fourth grader. Oh, but Paulie is the end all be all on on self proclaimed. Uh, I played the game football knowledge, right? But is he going to say fourth grader? Like, yeah. I, I think know. Paul and Granado are on the table. Sounds think like you Cran- think everybody's on the table. I think I don't think Lance would say something like this. You, me, or a fourth grader? Okay. I have no clue. Go with your gut. I, this one's hard. I have no idea. I don't get. A, I don't have a read on this whatsoever because it's such a vague. The only the only characteristic of this quote is the is the usage of fourth grader and like who I think would use fourth grader and who I think would not use fourth grader. I think it's kind of a cheesy so line. So it's either PC or Granado then. I don't think. P, well, I think PC like say, like the way that it's you, me, or a fourth grader. I feel like this guy probably had a co-host. But the younger generation, but yeah, and the younger generation. Paul Beard wouldn't go that route. I see. No, I think. See, I think it's more of a cheesy line. So I think a cheese ball could say it. I would used to say a certain guy. Um, I think it could be Beard. I think it could be Land. I don't know, man. I have no clue. This one's tough. Yeah, call I, it. I really can't. This one's really it, hard because it's it's extremely vague. But I'm gonna go with like some, one of the older Old school. Guys. Okay, older you, guys. You wanna, because, I mean, you said John first. Yeah, you we'll might go, as well. We'll go Granado. There we go. And the reality is, oh, was PC. Was outside the, two, the third quarter, we had it when the offensive line suddenly couldn't block me, you, and a couple of fourth graders. That's, see, I, I actually, I think that's the first person I said. I think the first person I said is that sounds like a Creighton line, but I don't think he's talking to somebody else. I talked myself out of it. That's my bad. Well, we had it down to the older guys. That's my All bad. Right. Like, I said that's a Creighton line. I talked myself out of you it. You had it right that's away. That's my bad. All right, number two. UT fans, I enjoy that they're happy today, but I don't know if I can handle... Arrogant UT fans. Whoo, that's another very Beard's vague a, one. Beard's an Aggie, so he's going to be anti-Texas, and he, he'll know what an arrogant Texas fan is like. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. I think the first, UT fans. Okay. I enjoy that they're happy today. You wouldn't enjoy the happy. I don't today. know if I can handle arrogant that's UT good point. fans. Uh, Lance, because it's he's Lance. married married to a, a, a Longhorn. I think it's Lance likes to talk Longhorn too. Yep. I think it's either Lance Granado or uh, Paul. Like Paul's going to have like that, you know, snotty kind of, you know, don't be too arrogant. You should never be arrogant or take sports too seriously, kind of kind of thing. I, I definitely think Lance is at the front of the list here because of the fact that he's married to a Longhorn. They 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 talk a lot of Longhorn. Longhorn yeah. Scott calls in, but he's always constantly in that tug of war of wanting his wife to be happy. His football is breaking down but also like you know being being a little bit too much football is gross (laughs) can you read it one more time like the pigskin is now on my hand i was holding a football fans i enjoy that they're happy today i think it's but i don't know if i can handle arrogant ut fans you want to go with that yeah we'll go lance all right let's do it ut fans i enjoy it they're happy today Again, we Man, had the final two, but was, we didn't pick the right one. Now I'm I didn't go with my. I think Paul was the first one I said there at that time too. <laughs> it was. Gosh, darn it! All right, number three. Astros are going to close it out. They're going to be totally fine. Hopefully, I didn't just jinx them. Can't believe I said that. That sounds like beard. Like he's always kind of unsure of what he said. Like talks too much. 
and says things without thinking sometimes. <laughs> Too much. Wow. Um, okay. I uh... like because he kind of contradicts sometimes the way he says. Oh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Wow. Well, I shouldn't have said that. You know, stuff like that. I think it's beard. I could see it being someone on the bench. I could see it, but you, look, your gut, I don't feel, think, like, your Gren- gut was right on the first two. I don't see so. Granado like. I don't think Granado's going to check himself. You definitely Lance. I don't see Granado doing it. Because Lance thinks about things like that sometimes, too, with the Astros. Yeah, but they're usually confident in what they say. Like, I, that's kind of where I'm going at here is, like, the confidence in what you just said. And sometimes people say things and, like, oh, I didn't really think that one through. I can't believe I said that. Because you're kind of talking faster than your thought. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, Lance and, and Granado aren't going to do that. I think this is Beard. Okay. Josh Beard. Astros are going to close yeah. it out. They're going to be totally fine. Yeah. Hopefully, I didn't just Got jinx them. Right on that that one too. I mean, I, I have. I mean, I've done enough shows with Beard where he, I kind of like know some of his tendencies. Like he can kind of hit his words get ahead of his thoughts sometimes. Yeah, that one. I felt that one was pretty obvious. Yeah. All right, uh, number four. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice, nice kick on the way out. <laughs> it took me All a right. second too to realize it was two to one. <laughs> number four. <laughs> We're going to have an on-air exorcism. I'll bring the cross, the garlic, and the holy water. Okay, I think that's a, I think that's a, that's a bench original there. I, like again, who's going to say these words? I think that's it's Granado LZ, or Lance. And LZ's got his daughter is extremely Catholic, holier than thou. <laughs> I think it could be Paul here. Too. I think Paul isn't somewhat in play because Paul Paul has a very wide range of just knowledge, and he it puts it on display a lot. Can you can you say it again? We're going to have an on-air exorcism. I'll bring the cross, the garlic, and the holy water. What? I want to say bench. I think I was, I was going to say the exact same thing. Granat that that is that's got Granado and Lance written all over. It does. I'm having a hard time picking between the two. Say it one more time, Joe, please. We're going to have an on-air exorcism. I'll bring the cross, the garlic, and the holy water. God, I, I would lean Lance. I do, too. Yeah, I, I would lean, lean Lance, Lance, too. All right, let's do it. Lance Erlein. We're going to have an on-air Crichton exorcism. Again? I will bring See. cross and garlic See, I kind of thought holy water. I, Creighton did cross my mind, but I was like, surely he's not going to use them twice. And he did. And now he's finally got a W. It's I mean, been we so could, long. We could kind of technically no, you, throw no, this one out, no, no. by the way. Why? Because you said all full-time host? He is a show four days a week. That's not fair. Do you collect insurance? I, um, I, uh, I've been told, I've been told I complain too much, so I, I will refrain on this. I think, I think I have a technicality here. I, don't I think see. I can get this thrown out. I, I honestly think, think so. I can. I think if we got this in front of a judge, I think he would throw this out on that technicality. All right, number five. That's, uh, I mean, you're not wrong, there you I go. guess. Said it. Oh, you did. <laughs> now, you now go. that he can be brought it. up in a court of law. I just wasn't going to air that out. There you go. He said it. Um, he just kind of did. All right, number five. All right. Fun. Raheel, SG. Jermaine, full-time producers. Those are options. Is it an instant? Is it an instant giveaway? A team is bad or down when they are making an Oilers throwback. Okay, it's obviously about University Hughes. Yeah, obviously Hughes. Delete oh, no. your account. Don't forget the stuff today. They officially announced the the Houston blue on the Texans jerseys. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. They told yeah. I mean, oh, that was a really well kept secret. Cal, I mean, Cal kind of said it on the Ask Me Anything Reddit. Like, yeah, yeah was saying, that a was a well kept secret. It, I mean, the media's been knowing about all that. Say it again. 
Is it an instant giveaway a team is bad or down when they start making an Oilers throwback? I don't even care at this point. We already lost. I know. It kind of aggravates me, too. You just want to, I mean, who cares? There's no sense of even thinking so about it, this. It's it's Beard. No, the producers, Jermaine or Raheel. Oh, that's right. The producers, Jermaine or Raheel. I don't. I, I don't, who cares? I don't really. Yeah, I don't even want to think it's about not it. Who said it? It's Beard and Jermaine. Down, like, when they start making an Oilers throwback, that's Raheel. That's Raheel. Yeah, it's Raheezy. Cool. There you go. All right, Joe. Joe Man, gets an asterisk. No. Yeah, you. Uh, we were going we to go back to the normal rules. I can't wait for that because, like, you just like the last whatever. When Desperation the new, when has the new no bounds in terms. Of I don't what you're have enough pull. people to choose from. I know it's a it's a it's a it's a rough time. It's a rough time for who said it. I agree. I agree. I agree. I tried to go down to three, and you guys vetoed. Yeah, it's just weird whenever you're talking about guys who are here once a week. Like, you, like there was one that was one segment do a week. Think would save like, you time. It's just weird. It's weird. Three makes more sense with the amount of staff we have, right? Because it saves. No, you time. I understand from your point of view, but then like the last one, all of a sudden you have f- four yeah, guys, guys from the Who and one yeah. guy who did a segment with the bench. You like it's just weird, anyways. I know we would have lost anyways. Whatever. Astros window is wide open. Why next? Killer bees. ESPN ninety seven five. ESPN ninety two five. Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about a good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville, best in the business, neograft procedure. You don't know what it is. If you're balding, thinning, or you've lost your hairline and your forehead's become an eight head, you need to figure out what the neograft procedure is pronto. That is because it can be a game changer for you. It can change your appearance, and it can give you more self-confidence knowing you got your hair back, and it's your own hair. Genetically, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides and the back of your head. Doc Linville takes some of that, puts it where you need it most, and suddenly... Almost instantaneously, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're going to have hair again. It's going to be stronger and longer. It's going to stay with you for the long haul. It is a difference maker. And as a listener of ESPN 97.5, it can be a difference maker for you too because you can go to 975hair.com right now and get a free consultation with Doc Linville and his staff, and you can find out if the neograft procedure might be right for you like it was right for me. I can't say enough good things about the fact that I got my hairline back and it was just as Doc promised. The fact is 99, almost 99%, 95 to 99% of the follicles he's going to move are going to stay and grow, and they're not going anywhere for as long as you live. So help us both. I'm telling you right now, it works, and they're fantastic. Check them out today. Tell them I sent you by because they can be a game changer for you too. But this consultation is free. No obligation, no money out of pocket, costs you nothing. But go in, ask questions, get answers, and see if you might be the next in line to reap the benefits of the Neograph procedure. 975hair.com. Go see Doc Linville. Texans just added uh, three new captains to their captaincy. Hmm. Is it because they're all going to miss Sunday's game? Like the four original starters were. Jalen Petrie has been ruled out. Jimmy Ward has been ruled out. Laramie Tunsil, questionable. C.J. Stroud, questionable. So, like, two of the four are missing. Two of the four are questionable. And the Texans just tweeted out they've announced three new captains. Is it because they're running out of captains that they need three more? Is that in play? Uh, Who knows? Maybe we're making a mountain out of a molehill. But it's Stevie Nelson, Robert Woods, Will Anderson Jr. So, two of the seven captains. Seven captains are uh, are rookies. Okay. That are added on, but I I think that this might be a tell. Am I crazy to think this is a tell? Like you're already without two captains, and then the other two captains are questionable. Somebody has to go out to midfield and call flip. the coin flip. <laughs> well, I guess you're not calling it because the other team is. Now, of the didn't visitors, I see it was but... in week one that they just sent out one guy each team? Is that the new rule or no? I don't know, but it was different. That I noticed that there was just one captain for each team. 
That can't be the case. Was it for an overtime? It, that's, yeah, for overtime. that's for overtime. That's an, that's an overtime. overtime rule. Just to call the, the Yeah. They just send anybody they can out there. Okay. That's just that's an overtime thing. Because remember Rodgers went out there and was like teasing with Josh Allen, oh, you shave for this one, and then Rodgers got hurt four plays later. Uh, which did you hear? Roger, Rodgers is like not ruling out this year. Oh, stop. As a comeback. What's he going to go sit in a room in the dark and have some like weird snake bite his knee and it's going to all be better? Terrell Suggs came back in five months. If Rodgers comes back in five months, it puts him in line to play in the Omo Super Bowl. I don't think so. The Super Bowl ain't happening because first they got to get there. Should they trade for Kirk Cousins? Yes, yes. I want them to trade for absolutely so much. I think it'd be great. I think it'd be outstanding. Uh, We've given away a pair of those A and M tickets already. If you go yell Todd at Damaris Barbecue, just find Todd. Ask the barkeeper or the bartender where's Todd. They'll give you Todd. Go to the Damaris Barbecue right now if you're in the area. West Loop North at 18th Street. West Loop North at 18th Street. Walk into Damaris. Ask for Todd. Todd has one pair left. One pair of A&M tickets tomorrow, uh, and also parking, too. So two A&M tickets, parking, head over to Damaris Barbecue, West Loop North at 18th Street, find Todd, and those tickets are yours. Boom. Boom. That's all you got to do. Uh, the Athletic came out with a uh, – they kind of came out with a ranking today, which talked about every single team in Major League Baseball and their rookie classes and then the impact that those rookie classes had on their overall organization. The Astros had the fifth most impactful rookie class so far to date. Behind, like, the Reds, who are all rookies and they're all studs. Behind Baltimore, who are loaded with really good rookies. Uh, Orioles don't. Hayes isn't a rookie. No, no, A's. A's and Orioles. Oh, I don't think the A's rookies were all that impactful. Based on what we saw this last series, their young pitchers look pretty good. But they came on late. Like, they haven't been here all year. Uh, Guardians were another one with, like, the pitching staff that they had, the Bibby guy and Gavin Williams. Arizona was fourth because Corbin Carroll's a stud. The Astros were fifth. Huh. Their combination of rookies, Yiner Diaz, J.P. France, Hunter Brown, and they actually included Corey Jolkson to here too because he has a positive war. But this is a sign that this Astros window, like we, we talk about the Astros are currently in this championship window. They're in the golden era. When is the window going to shut? This is another classic case of how the Astros window is wide open. Reinforcements are kind of the Astros trick. It's like their their superpower. They know how to find reinforcements. They know how to find young players that help. They're constantly ranked one of the worst minor league systems in yep. all of baseball. Yet here you go, the fifth most impactful rookie class with a Yiner Diaz you got in a silly trade, with a Hunter Brown, with a J.P. France that no one thought would ever contribute at the Major League Baseball level. Last year you did it with Jeremy Pena. You've done it with Kyle Tucker. You've done it with Christian Javier, from Valdez, Luis Garcia. Garcia yeah. The Astros have a way of keeping their window open because they develop young players, yeah. and this year's no different. They've they've developed Yiner Diaz, who has all-star potential as a catcher. Hunter Brown has had a shaky rookie season, but nothing that Hunter Brown has done this season has diminished what I think of his potential, and I think that J.P. France, at minimum, is a 4-5 starter on a solid rotation. Oh, I totally agree, and I think that's the biggest thing to me, is that gone are the days where you're relying and waiting on an on bated breath, a Derek Fisher or or a Forrest Whitley or some of the big bonus babies that you know consistently never panned out for this franchise. It's even better when you take a diamond in the rough that no one was talking about that wasn't in your top five prospects in the organization, and it works out for you. I mean, you can even go to was it De La Cruz a couple years ago? wasn't rated anywhere, but he actually became a viable piece in Sugarland, hitting the cover off of it enough that you could use him in a trade to get a Yimi Garcia. That's an extra way that you get a feather in your cap and say, "Hey, look, they don't have to be highly ranked by you know Baseball America and all the top guys across the country that cover baseball, but if they can play the game 
and they can make an impact. And this year is the greatest example of that because not only it's what they've done, but in the scenario that they did it in. They did it in a scenario when they were needed. They were desperately called upon, especially like a J.P. France. Or even the, because with Jordan missing games and Altuve missing games, and you needed a bat and you found Yiner. These are the kind of stories that get more impactful when it's in the middle of a scenario where desperate times, desperate measures, and you didn't think there was anybody that could possibly fill those voids. I think the Astros' window is still wide open. And I know that you're, you know, Verlander's in his 40s. Altuve's last year of his deal is next year. Bregman next year. Two more years of Fromber, two more years of Tucker. And like, who knows what it's going to all look like. But players that you have under contract in 2026. So this is after this year, two more years. Jordan Alvarez is under contract. Luis Garcia is under contract. Chaz McCormick under contract. Brian Abreu under contract. Hunter Brown, Yiner Diaz, Jeremy Pena, JP France. Like you have a foundation of players that are still going to be here all the way through 2026. Like this, well, this Astros it, golden era is not going anywhere. It might look a lot different. Like look at this year's team versus 2017. No question. That's it's what I was gonna incredibly say. different. It might look a lot different in 2026 but this team is built to be a sustained winner and then it could look very similar if you do put the money on the table to try and retain tucker and bregman and fromber but if you don't you got plenty of dollars that make sense to getting guys to replace them along with guys you're probably going to bring bring up throughout your organization or find or know when you got a guy like dana brown who has made his living off of being able to find and uncover talent and then lock them up so it's a great time to be an Astros fan. It isn't, go, it isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And the fact that the names may change, the results may stay the same. And that's what you want if you're an Astros fan. You're going to have some of these guys that come and go. Maybe they're going to price themselves out like some of the guys we've seen leave already. Yep. But but it doesn't matter as long as you can find replacements that keep you on that, that, that plateau of winning. And that's why Dana Brown was hired. Let's, let's be very honest. Dana Brown was hired so he can find the next... Jeremy Pena, the next Jainer Diaz, the next Luis Garcia, the, you know, whether it's international free agency, whether it's through the Major League Baseball draft, Jim Crane's number one priority when he signed Dana Brown was to continue the pipeline. Yeah, do what you do, but yeah. do it here. And, that's exactly right. And that's supposed to be his strength. Like, we can't tell if Dana Brown's going to be good at that as the primary general manager after one season. Like, because this is, you're talking about pipelines. You're talking about years down the road. You're talking about three years, five years, seven years, ten years. But that was the priority, re- the primary reason Dana was hired. And the Astros have been better than anybody in Major League Baseball at that. And, 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 and you know what? It's, it's also the, the impact they can have whether you keep them on your squad and do what Dana Brown's done when he was in Atlanta or you use them as trade pieces. Because whether Clifford, the big red dog, ever makes it to the major leagues or Drew Bill- Gilbert's a stud or a bust. The fact is is that he that that's the way you keep this golden era going. You know and you can see what the depth chart is, what the chances are of these guys, whether their abilities and or where the openings might be. But you, you don't have to keep them all on your roster either as long as you have the resources to, to pull from. Alright, what do we want to see from the Texans Sunday? What do we want to see the Astros in Kansas City and our new Friday Willabits we read mean text that people sent to us. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Saturday, tomorrow is the day. Houston Cougars opening up Big 12 play, and they do it against TCU, last year's national championship runner-up. It is the Big 12 conference home opener. Do not miss this historic game. U of H clashing, clashing with last year's national championship runner-up, TCU Horn Frogs. It's tomorrow night. 7 p.m. TDECU Stadium. 
expecting a sellout, so get act fast. Get your tickets now as we fill up TDECU Stadium. Come early, too. Enjoy all the new activities in Cougar Alley in front of TDECU Stadium, including the huge LED TV screen. Watch the games that are going on before we kick off. The Bud Light Backyard, Cook. Uh, Coke Fan Fest, and more. Buy a Cougar Paw Package, which includes three game tickets. You can select TCU as one of those games. Package is only $66. Does not include the Texas game. Get your tickets today, uhcougars.com slash tickets. Or go to 713-CALL-713-GO-COUGS. 713, Get your tickets today, uhcougars.com slash tickets, 713-GO-COUGS. There is nothing like the fanfare of college football. Come early, be loud, and wear red. Joe, tell uh, Blankers here to Bessame. What's Bessame mean? Bessame. He's Kiss Me. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> I love this song. What's that? Well, I mean, is this one, the last time you're going to hear it? One timeout is fine. It's funny. Two timeouts is Bush League. Well, because like once you use the three, you're automatically banned. So Two that, timeouts is Bush League. So that bit is kind of dead now. What's that? I think it's a matter of opinion if one timeout that wasn't deserved is funny. It is. It's hilarious. It's one funny. timeout is funny. It's super funny. Two timeouts is Bush League. Yeah, because I think if you get three, then you it's get crazy banned. I didn't oh, really? It. Yeah. You didn't notice? No, I didn't miss it. I didn't notice. No. Right. That's why I had to ask if you guys were chuckling. If you miss it, then you have an issue. <laughs> like, well, there's yeah, plenty that frankly. do when they get it, and then they go begging back. I know. It's uh, it's it's kind of funny. Um, Yeah, so we put the ultimatum on Hunter Brown. The last time that he pitched, that if he pitched poorly, we were going to bang his song. We were going to get rid of his song. We got to put the ultimatum on Christian Javier. I love that song. Y'all know I love that song. It's my favorite pitcher song that we play. I absolutely adore it. I love it. It's great. It's outstanding. Elvis Crespo, uh, Suavemente. It's great. I love it. I don't want to get rid of this. But we got to do the, the which Royals, for the better good. It's go time, yeah. and you got to step up, or you got to shut up and yep. deal with whatever we play. Ultimatum for Christian Javier: If Christian Javier does not pitch well, I don't want to put a quality start on it. I don't want to put a strikeout number on it. We'll see it and we'll know it. Right? We'll know it when we see it. If Javier pitches well, keeps the song. If he pitches poorly, well, Christian Javier loses the right to play the that. best pitcher song that we use. At, you know, for any of our guys in the starting rotation. Agreed. All right. All right, so we're going to watch tonight's game closely, see if Javier can you know, keep the song that he probably does not deserve Get anymore. Get ready to hear Pitbull Fireball. If he... Nope, won't be that, though. Why? I'm not, I'm not a Pitbull guy. Yeah, I mean, that's kind it's of catchy, a... Catchy little ditty. Is that like your jam? Five years no, ago. No, it's been my daughter's out. jam, and, and my wife plays it for my daughter, and they enjoy it. We should probably do some, like, Daddy Yankees since Javier dominates the Yankees. like that. Fireball's great. Fireball's great. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Fireball's great. Send me the clean version. <laughs> Since we weren't sure the first time we went so I'm at Christian Javier nine and three record four seventy eight ERA. He goes toe to toe with Astro Great Zach Grinky, who's one in fifteen with a five forty seven ERA. Zach Grinky can cement himself in Astro lore tonight if he just completely rolls over and takes a dive for the Houston Astros. What's the slowest he pitch should he take tonight? a dive? Sixty nine under. For you, Joe. 69. I was going to go I'm gonna under go, that. I'm going to go under. I'll take the under for that. Uh, Astros, Altuve, Pena, Jordan, Bregman, Tucker, Abreu, Brantley, Chaz, Maldonado. Uh, two of three okay in KC? I think it's got to be a sweep. Of course, I went. I went yeah, Joe and I went, both went five, five for the five and one. and one out of six on the homestand. That didn't work out well. But The week. Not the week. You, you, the, for, yeah. This is go time, man. This is, this is the Royals. You're on the road where you're supposed to be better. 
And I just feel like you have to do what you're supposed to do because you're going to have to do it in a few short weeks anyway in the playoffs. Just do what you're supposed to do, please. Yeah, I, I want to sweep in Kansas City. Look, I, and and the Dodgers are in Seattle, so the Dodgers aren't aren't just coasting either. But I I would expect that the Dodgers get at least one or two in Seattle, and then the Rangers are in Cleveland, and Cleveland's in, still they're fighting, so. I would expect it's the best matchup of the three teams. I would expect them to get two out of three, but I want them, and I think they need to get all three. Yeah, I, I, I never can say a sweep. Just you don't like how, the matchup tomorrow night either. Yeah, he's been good. The guy yeah. you got for old is yeah. Chapman. No, you take two of three on the road, it's it's fine. Like You, want, you win series is what you Win I, I series, it, win series. Now, if, if you look at it from the week perspective, if you don't sweep, then you go three and three against Oakland and Kansas City, which looks disgusting. Which looks really, really bad. All right, what do you want to see from the Texans Sunday? What are some interesting things you're going to be looking for? Well, I'd like to see C.J. Stroud on the field. Is that? Is it a win? Yeah. I think we all predicted that they would win, right? A win. Listen to this. Have you done radio before? (laughs) No. I mean, the the, the number one thing you got to say is you want want to see C.J. Stroud on the field. Because hitting the injury report with a shoulder is not things that you want to see after week one of the regular season. That's a bit bothersome. And so you want to see him on the field. You know, you want to see put up or shut up Bobby Slowick. You said it. You admitted it. You owned it. Now do something about it. You know what? You got your feet wet. It wasn't a great first week for you calling plays and managing the clock and doing these kind of things. Do better. You're at home. They're going to be a fired-up crowd that's nothing but positive and excited, which is I can't know if you can say that in the last five years. So do something with it. Make something happen. And then allow your guy to look better than the other guy because this is where the comparisons start more so than before in terms of the rookie quarterbacks, you want to make sure you got the better of the two guys. Yeah, that to me is the, the thing that I'm watching the most is Stroud. Tank Dell should be getting some more snaps. Yep. I'm really excited about that. And just seeing Will Anderson game two. I want to see C.J. Stroud development game one, game two. Really excited uh, for that. All right. We're going to do this every Friday now, or will a bit on Friday. We're going to read. We're going to read all the mean text or twitches or whatever that people send to us throughout the week. Only doing it for our show, Joe. Can you put, can you hit the music? The the mean text music. That's not the mean text. It's the Kibbles wheel of bits on the killer bees. Kibbles and bits. Kibbles and bits. I'm too patient for this. Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly uh, bite? Uh, well, let's find out. Gross. It's time for mean texts. Okay, there Here's you go. Joel and Jeremy. So mean texts. It's going to be our wheel of bits every single Friday. It's amazing. No one said anything bad about Joel this week. I, I can't believe this. I can. Can you? Yeah. It's been a new day, Don. Can't believe now, this. But just the way how devious Joe is, for sure, and how sneakily you do the same crap. I know that this this is that's a these, rarity. These are all real. Well, I guess there's one of them here that's kind of anti you, but it's kind of all of us. Uh, this is only our time slot too. Like I'm not going to go read other texts on different time slots. That's weird. Uh, so only the time slots of whenever and plus whenever I'm here, I'm not going to go in my free time and read all these texts. So here's our first one. It comes from our dear friend Bobby Miami. Bobby Miami, who we love. Anti we love Bobby Miami. No, no, anti me. He said, congrats, Joe. This was after Joe said he was going to have the little uh, everyday show for an hour. He said, congrats, Joe. Looking forward to listening in. Not too fond of Jeremy lately. Bobby Miami, I thought we had a thing. I wanted to take my talents to South Beach. I thought you and I had that that friendship where we could give each other a little bit of grit. You're not too fond of Jeremy Did he elaborate as to lately? why he's not too fond of you lately? No. Because normally he sends at least 16 text messages. There Man. had to be one that gave you a hint. This one hurt. Like, mean texts do not Man. hurt. But I thought Bobby Miami and I had something more. So that's why this one stung. Like, I, I don't take criticism for those that I wouldn't take advice from. 
I thought I would take advice from Bobby Miami. So this one hurt. This one stung. All right, here's the next one. Who decided there must be one total dumb in the afternoon time slot? I don't mean Joel or Joe. Couldn't stand the wheelhouse, and same with this moron. Wow. What? Well, Barry worked yesterday. No, this was definitely me. Okay. This was, <laughs> I was just trying to save some space for I'm you. I'm not. Look, I'll be completely transparent. I'm not going to spend any more time away from this place doing shows on this place than I already have. So this is whenever we get them real time. I'm just copying okay. and pasting them right. into this mean text documentary or doc that I have. All right, the next one. Can you turn up the music? I feel like I, I need a little bit, a little more music like to, to get me through this, quite frankly. To get me through this, I'm going to eat my feelings later. Y'all are terrible. Thought Will House was bad, but y'all take the cake. Oh, I did Damn. see that one. I Ooh. saw that one. Yeah. Man. That one, that's a stab in That's the a real burn. Yeah. That one's a big burn. That, to me, belongs in some ancient stadium. Ugh. I, I just... I, I, yeah, I just... <laughs> I don't think that there's I'm enough. Just, I'm going to quit. I don't think these people have really trusted the process. <laughs> I like what you did there. Thank that was, you. That's one of my favorite things you've ever done. Uh, y'all should drug test Joe George after that take. I know he was a rookie, and it was his first game. I'm talking about Stroud. However, what I saw was a quarterback who was seeing the game a million miles a minute and was holding on to the ball way too long, much like a young Watson. There is definitely room to grow, but come on, Joe. Joe, when was the last time you had a drug test? Uh, it's been a while. I'd probably fail, though. So, Full Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Full disclosure. You know those stupid things people say on the radio. Jeez, that can be well, we don't brought take back here. Someone, uh, this was during our show, and someone was complaining about beard. They're, they were trying to get us to teach them baseball or something. Can one of the bees explain to the guy who is now in their time slot why the lineup is such a big deal or why Dusty's lineup cards are bothering her so bad? He doesn't seem to get it. I understand. I don't even know if the Astros fan really starting to hate the guy. Wasn't that for Paul? They already hate Paul. I don't know. Because Paul always hates lineup talk. Baby Brandon and then must he not brings be, it back at us. Baby Brandon must not be sleeping through the night. Yo, Germ, you're spazzing, homie. Someone mute, Jer- uh, mute Jeremy. Can this be the show? Is whenever I left the other day. Eric said, can this be the show? One less B is better. Why is Jeremy such a D? <laughs> Yeah, Joe George's Bears look like they got another 30 years of misery. All right, those are oh, the- wait, There was another one, too. <laughs> That's for sure. There man. was another one. Six plus man. two equals eight with a cup of coffee. That was a bad one if you were Joe. The over-under the other night. In the oh, o- yeah. In the I Oakland owe, game. I owe Joel a coffee. He owes me mean. coffee. I'll never see it, Jeremy, much like you, but I got a coffee <laughs> card coming, too. I'm going to go weep the rest of the weekend. It's been fun, guys. Thanks to Joe for doing all the hard work. He's blank. I'm Brandon. What's up next? Me. Joe George is oh, happiness next. radio on ESPN 97.5 ESPN 925. Talk to you Monday, Houston.